What's up, Story Geeks? It's Jay. And Daryl. On today's show, we're going to make Green Lantern better. Not hard to do. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not. We have lots of ideas. Lots of ideas for making uh, Green Lantern better, uh, including getting rid of characters, including recasting characters on our aftercast, all kinds of different stuff. Just about everything you can think of. Just about everything you can think of. And joining us on this journey of making Green Lantern better is a returning guest and friend of ours, Scott Nicewander from NerdSync. So you guys might remember him from our Spider-Man character journey episode that we did a while back. So we're excited to have him back to talk more comics. He is a treasure trove of comics knowledge. Yeah. So dude knows how to make Green Lantern better. (laughs) Yeah, fantastic, fantastic YouTube channel too. Check out NerdSync for sure. We'd also love to hear your thoughts on how you would make Green Lantern better. And you can share those thoughts with us in the Story Geeks Facebook group. The link to our Facebook group is in the show notes. If you want to know more ways to make Green Lantern better, you can actually become a patron as well. You can support us on Patreon and get access to our Aftercast. So after a lot of our main shows, we do a follow-up show. And on those shows, on this particular show, we made Green Lantern even better better with another extra 20 ideas. So many ideas. So many ideas. So you can check out the Aftercast on Patreon. The link is in the show notes. And be sure you don't miss some of our other episodes. So last week we just did an episode with Alexis Torres on Leia's character journey and completed our trilogy of Star Wars character journeys. We'd already done Han and Luke, so we had to do one for Leia. So that was a great show. And coming up next week, we are doing a Dig Deeper episode into Ready Player One, which is one we've been waiting to get to for a while now. And we're really excited to have Helen O'Hara back on the show to dive into Ready Player One with us. Absolutely. Thanks for listening in. The Story Geeks podcast is produced by the Reclamation Society. Let's try and make Green Lantern better. All right. So here we go. We are going to make Green Lantern better. Or perhaps we should call this episode Rewrite Green Lantern. (laughs) That might be a more accurate description. No minor changes in this one. I don't think so. Yeah. But before we get too deep into this, we have to introduce our very special guest today. We have returning to the show from NerdSync, Scott Nicewander. Scott, welcome. Thank you so much. I like lifted my arms up in excitement, but it's just that's all. <laughs> you can't see me. That's right. It's radio gold, podcast gold. Yeah. <laughs> so just a quick review for our listeners. This is a Make It Better episode. So what we're going to do is we're each going to offer up three story-based ideas on how we would make Green Lantern better. I will say I think it was difficult for all of us to narrow it down to three. So <laughs> so yeah. be sure and check out the Aftercast for this episode if yeah. you're not the already The Aftercast will have an additional 25 ways yeah. to make this better. <laughs> so we will offer up our three favorite ideas, and then after we're done with that, each of us will pick one favorite from amongst the other guy's ideas, and we will end up with the three definitive Story geeks slash nerd sync solutions for making Green Lantern better. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's going to be awesome. Um, and then just one more thing before we dive in and do that. Scott, just remind everybody what you do over at NerdSync and how they can find you and all that good stuff. Yeah. So I have a YouTube channel called NerdSync where uh, I was going to say every week, but I don't upload that frequently. <laughs> uh, occasionally... 
uh, I will I make videos about uh, comics and superheroes and using them to teach about real world history, science, philosophy, culture, that kind of stuff. So if you like learning through pop culture, uh, re like reading between the panels, as I say, yeah, uh, then you can go check it out. We have had like the most amazing guest roster for the last two months. <laughs> But even if you and then pick I'm breaking out, like, it. I'm ruining it. Oh. No, no, you're, no, no, you no, are, no, you are elevating it. No, I'm doubling down on it. Because what I was going to say was, if you're going to pick anybody out there in the marketplace for a perfect fit for the story geeks to talk to, it is basically Scott Nicewander. It really Aww. is. <laughs> you're so kind. It's a pleasure to have you, sir. It and is. I am looking forward to seeing how you would make this film better. What's fun, what's fun about Make It Betters is that I always approach things from a writer's standpoint. Daryl approaches them from a super fan standpoint. <laughs> and then whoever else we get on has their, own, has their own take on it. So it's always a fun mix of ideas. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah. I believe, Scott, you are only the second guest ever to do a Make It Better episode with us. <gasps> really? Anthony Holder. Is that true? Anthony Holder was on oh Anthony okay third guest okay who was the other one Justin oh yeah Justin Weaver yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. how could I forget Justin although did we do one with Michael too we talked about Justice League with Michael but I don't think we it never was made a formal it better. make it better <laughs> it was just a why it's bad <laughs> <laughs> anyways all right well anyhow let's get started shall we Scott why don't you give us your first idea for how to make Green Lantern better okay so I don't know if it was just I, I don't I, I watched the extended cut. Um, so did I. Oh, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah, we all yes. so we all watched the extended cut. Yeah, which okay. is more or less just yeah. some childhood footage, right? I mean, that's okay. the majority so of it. Yeah. I was curious about that because the extended cut for no discernible reason shows the origin of Hal Jordan twice within 20 minutes, like the, <laughs> the exact same footage it's is shown and uh I would say Maybe that's a bit unnecessary. So, like, <laughs> just as a very simple thing, I would say probably cut out the the full childhood. I like the flashbacks when he's panicking in the, in the plane cockpit. I yeah. think that's kind of cool. Um, it's a really quick way to, to show a backstory. I mean, heck, they even had this really cool idea later on in the movie where Hector is, like, he can touch people and get their backstory. And you get... Like Amanda Waller's whole backstory and like just so like five seconds of flashbacks and it's just right. like wow that was such a cooler way to tell an origin story like to to get the idea of someone rather than spending you know twenty minutes of a movie setting up you know that Hal Jordan this is all stuff that you could just say within dialogue or context clues that you know Hal Jordan's father die heck i would mm. say you know what go ahead and cut out all the origin stuff there's a really great line <laughs> like there's 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 some like genuinely good dialogue between like hal and his family that kind of let you that fill you in on everything when they're just like do you have to be so much like him that you also wanted to die like him it's like that's all you need to know yeah. about like you know how his family dynamic is what happened to his dad why he is the way that he is so maybe cool it with some of the origin stuff <laughs> i would yeah. say and it's such a clunky extended edition too because you're right they give you all of that footage of the childhood and then they're like oh wait but we already show it in an overly extended flashback it's like i ah, just yeah. leave it 
It's fine. Yeah. It's did so you guys, bizarre, those choices. So did you guys, on this on this rewatch, I hate to say this, but when the dad is like triumphantly peeking out of the cockpit and he like sees him, he's like, oh, my dad's okay. And then it just explodes. <laughs> I started laughing. It's it was done. so funny. <laughs> it was like genuinely a comedic moment. It is. It's done so quickly and so non-dramatically. Yeah, it's it's like, just so, it's so awkward. And you're yeah. just like, that's so weird. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. Oh so we're removing... Are you saying remove all of the origin stuff? Or uh, you know what? I would say so. Okay. I would I because I think unlike unlike Spider Man or Doctor Strange or someone whose like origin is like a really good story that I think people at least need to know once or twice. I think Hal Jordan's like quote unquote origin. I don't think it needs to start when he's a kid. I think yeah. you just that's the sort of stuff that you can fill in with context clues. Um, to really kind of paint the the whole picture and and or even just leave it kind of vague to almost establish make make it even worse in the audience mind if you want to do it that way, uh, but like his origin I would say starts whenever the Green Lantern shows up whenever Ab yeah. and Sir shows up that's when I think you know I don't I don't need any of the childhood stuff it's unnecessary and we're gonna get a better version of his origin in Captain Marvel anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> he's is really similar to Carol Danvers. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah, pilot who becomes a part of this intergalactic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a yeah. good point. In fact, the uh, I don't know if you guys saw this on the just to throw this out. We'll talk about this in a little special that by now you've probably already heard. But um, Carol Danvers in one of the images that they just released this week is wearing a black jacket uh-huh. and a nine inch yeah. nails t shirt. Oh, nice. Which is the same thing that Kyle Rayner was wearing in his debut issue. Of being Green Lantern, really? It's a little send up there, but wow, yeah. That's why awesome. now? Why? Why? Why would they do that? Like unintentionally? I mean, yeah. No, I don't think it's unintentional. I think it's a a nod. Oh, okay. Even though it's not a nod to Hal Jordan specifically, it's a mm-hmm. Green Lantern nod. So. All right, all right. Anyhow, different franchise, different movie. <laughs> better movie, better franchise. <laughs> <laughs> Jay, what's your first idea? Uh, I think they need to decide. I'm going to you know, categorize this as they need to make the character motivations and the wants and needs of the characters clearer up front. But I'm going to showcase what I mean by that by saying there's this moment at the end of Act 2 where Hal Jordan turns to his girlfriend and basically says... I'm scared of everything, and I never, and I, I never pull through because I'm always scared. I'm always running away, and I, that's why I'm never going to be a great Green Lantern. And I'm like, wait a minute, when did you get scared of stuff? Yeah. Like <laughs> you're flying planes like, against yeah. like super planes, like He's the most it, haphazard person in yeah, the whole world. <laughs> exactly. I'm like you don't seem scared. I mean, maybe you're scared of commitment. I, I mean, what exactly are you scared of? Because because <laughs> commitment scares are not what the Yellow Lanterns are worried about, right? But, yeah. Or you know what frustrates me more? I know the scene that you're talking about, the thing that frustrates me the most uh, about when, like, they're all kind of sitting down and she's like, why can't you take on this threat? And he's like, he's, I can't, I wish I knew the exact dialogue exchange, but it was so redundant because he was like, you know, I, I don't have, you know, you have to be fearless and I'm not fearless. And she's like, well, how come? And he's like, because I'm afraid. And I'm like, That's, <laughs> you, I, I know you just said that. Yeah, like, it's exactly. So, it's, the, it's so clunky dialogue in that. In that and scene. there's no evidence of your fear. You're like, 
I don't know. Anyways, so uh, and I actually the, shortly after that is when Parallax says. I need to conquer Earth so I have enough power to conquer the Guardians. You know, like, oh, okay, so that's what you're doing. Okay. I didn't know what you were doing, but now it's clear. So, yeah, he just kind of was like evil guy. To yeah, evil. and it's weird for all of those motivations to be revealed at the end of Act 2. You're like, yeah. Yeah, that's an Act 1 thing, man. Like, Anyway, so here, here's how I'm changing it. So I'm changing this, this story in this way. I don't think – I love the fact that they could take – willpower versus fear so willpower in the green lanterns versus the fear of the yellow lanterns um yeah and i i, I like that concept so i think that how and, and i realize that i may be totally breaking the comic <laughs> origins <laughs> and, I, and i'm okay with that but hal's not a hotshot pilot he's a scientist and a professor and he actually fears pushing the envelope because of what happened to his dad so he saw that his dad that happened to him and instead of being like i'm gonna be reckless and do all kinds of crazy stuff he instead says no no no, i'm not gonna do that at all so he he even refuses the ring when it first comes to him because he's like i'm too scared like i don't want to do this I, i'm refusing it um but eventually he realizes that in order to save his friends he needs to be able to put that fear aside he needs to actually take courage and do something right so, and I, the, uh, the additional story change I think we need to make is first, I'm going to get rid of Parallax altogether. I don't think we need Parallax at all. I'm going to use Sinestro as the villain. And the setup as the plot I'm going to use in this scenario, at least, is that an asteroid is going to hit Earth and something has to be done. Um, and so, like, Hal's reckless friend thinks that Hal's solutions aren't realistic because Hal's trying to figure out how to do this in a non-reckless way, right? Mm Because he's scared. He doesn't want to go up into the, he doesn't want to go up in space and do anything drastic. Um, And I think that Sinestro and Hal could actually be, obviously this would be changing the origin stories and blowing them way out, but maybe they're friends, right? There's just two friends and one of them wants to do something kind of more reckless and he wants to do something not as reckless. Mm -hmm. And now Sinestro is taking on the yellow power ring because he's going to go prevent this asteroid thing from happening. Um, But that overcomes him and he all of a sudden starts to become a bad villain. Is Bruce and, Willis going to play Sinestro? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe Hell he should. Yeah. I mean, if you need someone to stop an asteroid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why yeah. not bring in... And then Ben Affleck will repl- reprise his role as Batfleck. <laughs> and it's going to be a bit, giant mashup. It's yeah. going to be insane. <laughs> so anyways, he uh, his friend becomes Sinestro, and then he has to overcome his fear to go and, and face off against Sinestro, basically. So that would be like the – because if you're going to – here's my thing. If you're going to give us the foreshadowing that he's got to overcome fear, then he's got to be afraid. Yeah. We've got to see him mm-hmm. as being afraid, and then later on he's got to overcome the fear. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to solve one problem in that movie by doing that. But there you go. So summarize that for me because it sounds like you just rewrote the whole movie. <laughs> Your first <laughs> Yeah, idea. pretty much. Well, so what I'm, what I'm getting at is I'm trying to say – what Which are... I'm not knocking. That would be hypocritical. You'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right, right. No, I, <laughs> totally. I have plenty of like, rewriting the movie ideas. <laughs> no, so, so basically the, 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 uh, the plot needs to revolve around um, two characters, I think, one of whom is scared, the other of whom is willing to embrace fear, and by embracing the fear then becomes the villain. And so the person who starts out as afraid, which I think should be Hal Jordan, needs to then use willpower to embrace courage to overcome the fear right like you give us willpower you give us fear perfect perfect philosophical arguments for what you could be doing there's a reason they've written so many comics on it exactly exactly it's so good right 
So I love the uh, yeah. I love that idea of if I if I'm correct me if I'm getting it wrong, but I love the idea of like yeah, the characters starting out uh, on kind of opposite sides, and then throughout the plot of the movie, kind of reversing it. Where like yeah, Hal starts out fearful, becomes you know becomes a Green Lantern. Sinestro starts out as very like you know with the willpower, and then switches over to the fear side. So it's like a r- role reversal almost. That's is that right? Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. exactly right. Because I think the the what the what the mo- the movie actually talk the hints at this because it says like Sinestro doesn't feel like his willpower is actually high enough to overcome parallax. Mm-hmm. So then he embraces the fear to make that happen. So I'm not rewriting that aspect of it per se. Yeah. But that's a minor side story in this in this much yeah, that, bigger picture thing yeah. so i'm mm-hmm. going like oh you could have like leaned into that a little bit more and you could have actually doubled down on hal when he says to his girlfriend i can't do this because i'm scared you could have doubled down on that from moment one when we actually would have bought that having seen his dad die that way yeah but you didn't show us anything that would lead us to believe that he actually carried that forth as an actual viewpoint that he holds yeah mm-hmm. so anyways it's true yeah i like it okay my first idea this is a drastic left turn <laughs> from you guys <laughs> and you'll see why right off the get-go <laughs> yeah hal jordan's gone Oh, Uh-oh. this is a movie about kyle rayner oh. i knew someone was gonna do this <laughs> so um, so, okay, a few points about this. First of all, as a comic book artist, Kyle Rayner is a comic book artist. Mm-hmm. He's immediately, at least nowadays, more relatable than Jordan. Because who of us can relate to a test pilot? It's like, oh, test pilot. There's the everyman. <laughs> <Right>. you know? <laughs> it's like, no, not anymore. In the old days, sure. But So this is going to be a movie about Kyle Rayner. Okay. And yes. here's how that would work in my mind. So we would be coming into a point where the Green Lantern Corps would be smaller mm-hmm. and sort of beaten down mm-hmm. after a long war with the alien race, the Quardians. Okay. Mm. Um, and so the ranks are lower now in the Green Lantern Corps, and they're not in a good place. They still have the Guardians, okay. but not as many Lanterns. Um, and so a Lantern Ring mysteriously comes to Kyle, and he becomes the next Green Lantern. So, and then similar to the other movie, you know, the ring takes him to Oa, he meets Sinestro, he meets the Guardians, he meets Kilowog, and, you know, all these other Mm -hmm. Green Lanterns and stuff. Um, And he comes to find out that his ring previously belonged to Hal Jordan, Ah. who has Ah. been presumed dead for a while now. Okay. But now that they have his ring recovered, the ring has no record of his death. So now he's just sort of missing. Uh, and they have no idea where Hal Jordan is. And so part of the fear that Kyle has to overcome is actually stepping out of Hal Jordan's shadow. Like the other core would not accept him very well at first. Yeah. Because Hal Jordan was the greatest lantern and the former leader of the Green Lantern Corps. And mm-hmm. now they've got this comic book artist who doesn't know what the hell he's right, doing. Right. So, Which they sort of touch a little bit with Hal Jordan and the yeah. previous Lantern. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I think this helps it make exactly. a little bit more sense. Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of my idea for Kyle. And then because I'm introducing a new character, I feel like I have to cast him. So I was going to say you had to cast both of them, though. You had to cast Hal and you had to cast Kyle. Oh, you'll see. <laughs> <laughs> are you doing this now or are you doing this in the Patreon aftercast? 
I you'll see. Okay, okay, okay. Hang okay. in. <laughs> this is, mine's kind of linear, so <laughs> <laughs> so um, you are revealing more and more as we go. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Kyle Rayner would be played by and cue the broken record accusations here, Stephen Yoon. <laughs> who apparently I want to play every superhero. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> ever. It's a good thing you're not in the casting department. After all the auditions, yeah. you're like, you know what? Can we just get Steven Yoon in here? Well, and this can't be a shared universe thing because, Scott, I don't know if you know this, but I've said many, many times over that I want Steven Yoon to play Dick Grayson as well. That's <laughs> so, right. Oh, yeah. That's good. Well, I'm that's very fitting the because there was a time period where – Every superhero, everyone wanted to be played by Ryan Reynolds anyway. So there like, you go. It's very fitting. That yeah, that's true. That's Green true. Okay, let's move on to idea number two. Scott, what do you have? Okay, I, I'm going to save my big one for last. The heavy hitter, I suppose. Um, but I thought the, the weirdest, not weirdest, but the one of the weakest parts about this movie it, in a movie about weak parts um, <laughs> was that everyone was so instantly willing to accept the idea of alien life. Um, like Hal sees this alien, he calls his friend in and then his, his friend is like, that's an alien spaceship. Cool. <laughs> and then like, and nobody his questions who, it. By the way, we can't let it go without saying, I was, yeah, the most boring performance by an amazing performer I've ever mm-hmm. seen. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is phantom menace levels of misuse in my opinion. <laughs> I, I didn't even recognize him because I was like, that's he seems familiar, but that's not his voice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, We're talking about Taika Waititi, by the yeah. way. For those of you yeah, that yeah, haven't yeah, seen yeah, the movie, yeah, 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 did the yeah. director the whole time. Taika, will you please be less funny? Yeah. <laughs> I bet that's what it was. Yeah. Which Let boy, Ryan this movie, get the jokes. Yeah. <laughs> and this movie needed to be funnier, but whatever. That's yeah. a different thing. Um, I think this movie was too willing to accept... A lot of the characters in this movie were too willing to accept the idea of alien life without any precedent before it. Mm. Um, like... You know, even Carol was just like, you know, when she finds out, oh, you're like an alien person or like even just the concept of superheroes. So I think what this movie should have done is establish a world where other superheroes already exist, probably even Superman and like kind of just have like a newsreel that's just like, oh, Superman's doing this thing. You don't need to cast him. We can just be like a like in like just quick, you know blurs of him flying by and just being like oh you know look so it's just a world where people understand that yeah there are aliens out there yeah there are superheroes out there whatever maybe there's not a ton of them there's still maybe only like a handful but at least superman's out there so that way when alien life kind of crashes on earth um then it, it makes more sense why everyone is so willing to be like, oh, yeah, cool, aliens, rather than, like, freak out and be like, um, I'm sorry, what? Aliens? Because <laughs> nobody does that. Yeah, so I true. think just to make the movie universe feel more cohesive and to also, yeah, make make the jump to Oa and all these different alien races feel, yeah, better – in, in my opinion, it would just make more sense to establish a world where, like, everyone just knows that, well, at, or at the very least, everyone knows that so, an alien exists so that when you jump to, oh, it's like, oh, and also a bunch more exist as right. well. It's just kind of, it smooths that transition out and it kind of makes the world feel a little bit more uh, wide and, and believable, in my opinion. I love that. And actually, you don't hear a lot of people defending the DCEU or Zack Snyder 
Mm-hmm. But in his defense and and uh, across the DCEU in general, they did that real well because you even get the sense when Wonder Woman moves into, uh, I should say, out of the mascara into our world. Mm-hmm. It's really like awe-inspiring for her, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like she's seeing London and being like, "This is crazy!" Like, you buy into the fact that her character has no clue what's going on there. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you also see how the world responds to Superman in all these varying different ways, and they do that. I think they do that pretty damn well. So, yeah, I think so too. Yeah, with very little effort. True. With just yeah. a line here and there. True. Mm-hmm. What do you got? So this may be my most controversial one, actually, because a bunch of people out there, and maybe it's just because we're coming off Scary Movie Month, but I think that they should have changed the tone. Now, I realize that at the time this movie came out, without the other DC movies in in the queue, so to speak, that this would have been really crazy, ridiculous to do, but I would have made this a horror film. Because... It kind of feels like it... Well, there's moments. Yeah, there's moments where it is. Yeah, there's moments where it is. Like when the when Parallax is like sucking up souls, or he's like going through all those people and like turning them into skeletons. Yeah, Yeah, I was gonna. It starts that way. It starts like almost. I mean, other than the the visual design of Parallax being kind of silly looking, but like it starts kind of yeah, kind of creepy and yeah, unsettling. Yeah, and there's and there's moments later in the film where it where it kind of leans into that a little bit more, and then but then you have these like. Check out my new suit. You know, like it's like, wait, this just doesn't fit correctly in the same movie. I actually went mm. to the effort to time yeah. how much time is devoted to Peter Sarsgaard writhing in pain <laughs> and screaming. <laughs> oh God. And in the end it didn't turn out to be that much. It's like a total of three minutes or whatever. But, yeah, but three minutes it feels like time so much insane. more. I thought yeah. it was gonna be like fifteen yeah. minutes of him just screaming and writhing. It does kind of feel like fifteen minutes of him. Yeah. <laughs> Um, they're probably in the special features. They have an additional, all the deleted scenes yeah. of Peter Sarsgaard <laughs> <laughs> writhing in pain. No, so I think that, um, like, I feel like what they were intending to do was do sort of more of a Guardians of the Galaxy type of a feel. Um, but I just don't think that they leaned into their characters enough to get there. So what I would have liked to see is a much smaller film focused around this horror concept of fear. And what fear does to people, because we sort of get elements of that, but they're they're interspersed into this bigger film that's sort of like, basically at at the end of the second act, they're like, oh, by the way, this is a film about fear. You're yeah. like, what? Because it hasn't been, you know, yeah. like what happened? Right. So I think it would be better suited to say, no, 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 it is a film about fear, and it's a horror movie about fear, and let's see how we deal with this. That's what I would have done. Mm. I like it. Yeah, I like it a lot. Before we continue, we just want to let you guys know about all the additional stuff you can find over at thestorygeeks.com. So you can find the latest YouTube videos, Patreon posts, additional content written by our awesome blogger Ashley Pauls, including a series on the women of Star Wars, which is super cool. You guys need to go check that out. That's an original blog. It's not connected to anything we're doing on the podcast. So go check that out. So all of those things you can find over at thestorygeeks.com. Be sure to check out our most recent episodes, Leia's character journey with Alexis Torres. We did our top time travel movies with the guys from ESO. And as I mentioned earlier in the show, we have an episode coming up on Ready Player One 
with Helen O'Hara from the Empire Podcast. So lots of great stuff for you to find over at thestorygeeks.com. We'd also love if you would support us. There are three main ways to do that. You can support us monthly through our Patreon page. Patreon is a website that allows fans to support creators like us. When you support the show for as little as $2 a month, we show our thanks by giving you rewards like additional content. In fact, on today's Aftercast, we're sharing some more ways we'd make Green Lantern better with our special guest, Scott Nicewander. So you definitely want to check that stuff out. You can also look at our other tiers. For $3 a month, you get access to even more content. And for $5 a month, we will actually share your opinions on an upcoming show. Finally, if you're like me and you're a big theme park fan, check out ModernMouseBoutique.com. Modern Mouse Boutique sells geek fashion accessories, and they're famous for having some of the highest quality mouse ears you can buy. If you're planning a trip to a theme park, or if you're just a geek fan in general, check out ModernMouseBoutique.com. Our friends Angie and Josh are super creative and fantastic people, too. Use promo code StoryGeeks. That's all one word, StoryGeeks, no spaces. Use promo code StoryGeeks and get 10% off your next order. Links to our Patreon page and Modern Mouse Boutique can all be found in the show notes or on our blog at thestorygeeks.com. Don't forget to catch that aftercast. More ways of making Green Lantern better. Thanks for letting us interrupt. Now let's get back to the show. Okay, my third one. You said earlier, get rid of Parallax. Yeah, I agree with that, but I don't think it's drastic enough. Uh-oh. We need to get rid of Parallax and Hector Hammond. Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, yep. first of all, I'm already putting out there a movie where Hal Jordan isn't the main character. So <laughs> Hector Hammond, <laughs> yeah. Carol Ferris, all those characters are probably going to go because they just... They're all gone. They're not related to Kyle. Yeah. Um, but uh, so we're going to remove Hector Hammond. We're going to remove Parallax. Okay. Hector Hammond, I have to just say... Really quickly here, Peter Sarsgaard. I don't like him to begin with, uh-huh. Peter. He's brilliant. Yeah. He's super talented. Yeah. But he's one of those actors that I just don't enjoy watching. Mm. And He's uncomfortable. You're, you're uncomfortable watching him. I'm uncomfortable him. watching him yes. and in the absolute worst way in this film. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just can't stand it. It drives me absolutely yeah. crazy. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we're going to get rid of them as the villains. Okay. And here's what I propose. And I'm going to have to explain this because... I know, Jay, you're going to be like, huh? (laughs) Because you don't know who this is. Scott, you might know who this is. We'll see. I'm going to replace them with Nero. 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 Okay, so you're... That sounds familiar. So here is a little summary on Nero. So Alexander Nero was a mentally disturbed human given a yellow power ring by the Guardians, who remember in my movie, the Guardians were at war with. Yes. um, and during his stint in a mental asylum, he was treated for several mental disorders, such as schizophrenia, paranoia, bipolar, and so on. And Nero claimed that his parents were abusive, although given his state of mind, such assessments should not be taken at face value. Mm-hmm. So this is a little dodgy because you're diving into mental mental health issues yeah, and yeah, mental yeah. illness. Gotta be, yeah, you got you to gotta do that justice if you're going to do it. It needs to be handled well. Yes. Respectfully. Mm-hmm. Um but given the fact that he is not really in control of his faculties because of his mental health issues, mm-hmm. um, he's unable to control the ring and his own fear very mm. well. So ultimately, he's defeated by Kyle and Sinistro and the other lanterns because he's just not strong enough to control this fear-based ring. It mm. overtakes him. 
Um, and so Kyle and Sinistro are about to take him into custody and take him to wherever the Green Lantern jail is. I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um, they're about to do that when suddenly Sinistro snaps and kills him and takes his ring. Oh. And Sinistro oh, assumes the role of the villain of the movie. Oh, so we, we share that. Exactly. Both, uh, yeah. So because he sees the strength in it, and he's already yes. got problems with the other gar- the other lanterns and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. can we just talk about th- that guy's name being a giant spoiler alert? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's 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 unfortunate. Yeah. And well, if you go into the comics, it's mm-hmm. it's not even a code name. Like it actually is part of his name, I believe. Yeah, Sinestro. Yeah. 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 Yeah, well, what's, I made a video about this ages ago, but my favorite thing, and props to the movie, because they even carry it, it's such a tiny detail, but I'm surprised they carried it over, Sinestro's left-handed, and um, and uh, the word sinister comes from, like, the etymology means, like, to the left or something like that, so hmm. in the comics and in the movie, to give them credit, they, they carried over the, the kind of fun idea that Sinestro which literally, you know, comes from sinister, which means like left things is left-handed, and I thought that was a really cool touch. Ah. And if you guys were not already sold on going and watching Scott's videos, now you better be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now you just need to go and find that video too. <laughs> um so, yes, I'm I'm with you, Jay. Sinestro would become the villain yeah. sooner. Yep. Um like and um and then it would be about Kyle versus Sinestro. Um, but again, I have to cast somebody, right? Because I introduced a new character. <laughs> I introduced Nero. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So um, this is going to seem really strange, uh-huh. but I think it would be awesome. In the comics, Nero is red. He's red-haired. Okay. Um, I'm going to cast Rupert Grint. I don't Ooh. know. Who, I don't know who that is. Okay. It's, it's Ron, Ron Weasley. Weasley. Ron Weasley. Yeah. Oh man. Interesting. I thought you were gonna go with uh, Conan O'Brien. Conan was a hard, <laughs> yeah. hard left right there. And I know. <laughs> I think if Ryan Reynolds was still in the movie, Conan O'Brien would fit just fine. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so, I'm about to do some evil things here, buddy. Yeah. He's like, yeah. <laughs> and he'd wear that Comic Con suit that he wears every year. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Incredible. Creepy. I like that idea though. I like the because like my biggest thing about the movie and i'll get into this in my next one but like my biggest thing is i think for a first movie parallax is too big of a villain to fight um for like a a, you know a first movie for these like this new totally yeah it's too big you you lead up to that i feel and so having these smaller characters like nero and even sinestro who is like it's still a big character but not as big as parallax yeah yeah much better idea Cool. So what is your third idea, Scott? Okay, so I wanted to rewrite this movie, um, but keeping as many elements there um, without changing too much. So Clearly not my approach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so indulge me for, for a little bit. Go for it. Because I made a lot of notes of how I wanted this to play out. Awesome. So... I like the idea that the movie opens establishing Parallax in prison, and then we have those, like, three different aliens that kind of stumble across it. But what if instead it was, like, Green Lanterns who were just kind of guarding it or whatever? I don't know. It, it could even still be the, the those aliens that stumble across it. But then you get this idea that uh, Parallax shoots, you know, his little evil energy into them or whatever, Um 
and it, it's you know he looks like he escapes and everything like that. But my biggest plot thread with this movie is I want I want it to be revealed a big twist ending that Parallax never escaped, that all he did was input like plant a seed of fear in whoever like the and if there were Green Lantern guards or if it was just these random aliens they he just used a little bit of his power that he could because he was still imprisoned to implant a little seed of fear in them to kind of make them hallucinate the idea that he escaped. And so they start spreading this rumor. They start, like, all all the Green Lantern Corps start infighting. They're just like, I think he's over here, he's over here, but no. And, like, they they kind of leave their sectors to kind of, like, do this. And, like, there's this this hint of fear within them where they're just like, we we can't stop him all by ourselves, and I have this idea. Well, I want to do this. And they start arguing, and they, like, the Green Lantern Corps is being torn apart from the inside without, uh, with Parallax not even being escaped at all. And then maybe during that infighting, Sinestro's homeworld gets attacked because they're all, they left all of their sectors. And so now Sinestro's like really upset because he's like, well, I, I left my sector. I was supposed to be over here. And because of this whole Parallax issue, and now my whole, my home planet is like in ruins. And then they, when they finally come together and they realize, wait a minute, we've never actually seen Parallax leave uh, also just as a side note Hector's completely removed from this story and he doesn't matter yeah. um <laughs> so like when they when they kind of like snap into their realization that like wait a minute we've ne- we haven't actually we've just assumed that parallax has it we haven't seen anything maybe they blame other you know events on him because they just assume that it was you know if something happens to like you know what sinestro's homeworld it gets attacked or whatever they're just like it was probably parallax or whatever um but like they, they they keep blaming it on Parallax. They realize that maybe we should go check out the site just to see if there's any clues or anything. And they realize he's still there. Mm. Uh, but then he uses the kind of same trick again to maybe take over, um, like Hal Jordan to kind of possess him a little bit in like this big kind of final fight where it's Hal Jordan versus a small team of the Green Lanterns. And during the fight. Because there's precedent for Hal Jordan being possessed by Parallax um, in the comics. And so they're fighting. And Sinestro, who's there fighting against this possessed Hal, realize, like, kind of sees that, like, wow, Hal is this newbie. But with the power of Parallax in and with the power of fear, like, he's actually able to take on all of us. That's kind of impressive. So, like, they do end up stopping him. Maybe there's like a mental struggle inside of Hal so he can overcome fear and everything like that. They, you know, stop Parallax. They lock him up better this time. I don't know. But like it it allows you to fight Parallax without actually having to fight Parallax, you know? Mm, Yeah. Um, And establish that he's super, that even locked up, he's so incredibly powerful. Um, And then in the end, when Sinestro kind of sees that like, oh, okay maybe the power of fear is like really powerful and my home world was attacked and I kind of don't want that to ever happen again. So he goes back and he's just like, I saw what you could do with Hal. I want that. I want that power. Give me that so I can better protect my world. And uh, that's kind of my story, I guess a little Mm. bit. It keeps a lot of the same elements that kind of established it. But I think I, I just like the idea of not fighting actually Parallax, but, you know, fighting 
I don't know. I like the idea of showing that Parallax is so powerful that even in prison, he can t almost tear the Green Lantern core apart. It's like Hannibal Lecter meets Zemo as Parallax. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like it. I like yeah. it a lot, actually. I think that that would work really well because you're not dealing with the... You're, you still have the unseen force, right? This unseen mm -hmm. possessive force. But you're dealing still with the desires of humanoid beings that are making choices that they really shouldn't make. And I think there's a lot of lessons to be learned in that, those kind of stories. So I actually like yeah. that a lot. That's cool. And it's like, a, yeah, I, I like that it's almost like an invisible threat where, yeah, it's just like this little plant of, it's the fear of fear almost, you know, uh, that, that nice. kind of almost tears them apart, which is really neat, I think, if I'm going to give myself props. <laughs> oh, give yourself props. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my biggest change, I think. You're basically the John F. Kennedy of this podcast. <laughs> the only fear we fear is fear itself. That's right. I've never done a John F. Kennedy impersonation before, so. Oh, I go. thought you nailed. I thought he was here. I thought he was right here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool. So mine, I love. I love Scott's. Mine is uh, getting at the core of what I think went wrong with the film. Mm -hmm. So it's not so much that I have a better idea. I kind of already expressed some of the other ideas I think you could have worked with, but this, this is basically cut 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 uh mm -hmm. there is so much going on there is an aircraft manufacturer trying to sell planes to the government there is the government which has multiple sides to it including amanda waller including the people who are gonna actually buy the planes like mm -hmm. uh there's the green lantern Corps, but there's also the guardians which are sort of together sort of separate in a way at least in our understanding of them in the film the way that it presents it to us uh, we have Hector, we have Sinestro, we have Hector's dad. <laughs> I mean, there's like, we have there's Parallax. So, there's like, there are like two groups of people that have too many characters in it, which are like characters with big heads. Too many of them. <laughs> I know. And then, and then on the human side of things, there's like too many old white guys who like in suits. And it's just like, I can't tell them apart. They're all the same. <laughs> it's so true. There's just way too much going on. And so when that happens... Um, you'll, no you'll notice that the Russo brothers have handled, I usually hate multiple characters. Like when I say multiple characters, like ensembles of characters, I usually hate that. Comics can sometimes pull it off because there are, you know, multiple books you can go through built upon multiple years, if not decades of lore yeah. that are leading to these giant scenarios. You can't introduce it all in one movie. Like you just can't do it. Like you can't introduce all of these concepts, introduce all the character motivations, and have them be legit motivations, um, and then throw them all together and then make, have it make sense. Like I, I just don't. I don't think that that's possible. I've never seen it happen. Even when you look at the ensemble films that the Rousseau brothers have done, you see films where um, the conflict is very much. Two to, between two to four characters. So when you see Civil War, that conflict is between um, Zemo, Black Panther, Cap, and Iron Man. The rest Bucky. of the, yeah, but yeah, Bucky. But he's more of a he's more of like a a, a pawn 
in the whole game. Like true. he didn't have a lot of motivations going on or decision making to do, yeah. right? Yeah, he was just kind of like, I just don't want to be killed, so I'm just gonna start running away from things. <laughs> exactly. He's yeah. the MacGuffin. He's yeah, 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 he's you a go. human MacGuffin. There he is. And you know, same same thing with uh, Infinity War. That's really a film. That's really at, at its core a film about Thanos. Um, so you can't do ensemble films well if everybody has to get a bunch of screen time and everybody has to, because all of a sudden the, the audience is sitting here going like, well, you better tell me why Hal is acting the way he's acting. And then Hal goes, cause I'm scared of everything. And you're like, what? That doesn't make any sense. I'm so confused right now. So I just think you got to cut. I think this is a story about Hal overcoming fear. I think that it is a story about someone close to him who is thinking that actually fear is not only the thing to turn to, but the thing to use against other people. And so I think that's the core of this story. I think you got to make Sinestro the villain. I think you remove Parallax entirely. I think we're all kind of saying that same thing. And then you cut the film down to its component parts. And then I would suggest also making it a horror movie. And there you go. Boom. You yeah, already summarized. Movie. We're not even to that yeah. point yet, but you did it. <laughs> You're going to have to do that again later. Hmm. <laughs> okay, my third idea um, is to end the film with an even bigger cliffhanger. Oh. So if, if I mean, if you watch to the mid-credits scene of the movie, yes, right, we yeah. get somewhat of a cliffhanger, right? We get Sinestro putting on the yellow ring. and, mm-hmm. and For, like, no reason. Right. <laughs> like, well, they didn't even have a reason to make one either. I mean... Mm-hmm. <laughs> But he puts it on. We get to How see funny him in the classic yellow costume. How funny would it have been, by the way, if you saw Hector just like standing on the other side of him, and he's like, "I know, right?" <laughs> there it is. <laughs> like, wait a second. It had to come in eventually. I, someone had to do it. The worst line in the movie. Someone has to bring that up. Okay, so here's my pitch. Okay. Um. So earlier in my movie, Sinestro had already put on the yellow ring that he stole from Nero after he killed him. Mm. Um. And now he's become super powerful with the yellow ring. And by the end of this film, he is not defeated. But he does disappear, presumably to go build his own core. Mm -hmm. Because in the comics, we have the Sinestro core, which is this entire core of yellow lanterns. That's pretty cool. So the battered guardians and the remaining lanterns and Kyle, they all realize that they need to do one thing in order to beat him. And so we hear three words before this film cuts to black and the credits start to roll. Mm-hmm. Find Hal Jordan. Oh, there you go. I love it. I like it too. That's like my it third. I, th- I thought you were going to say something about Superman, but I like that one better. <laughs> I like it. It's very like, yeah, it's very like where where's Luke Skywalker sort of a thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Do you, now you have a cast. You have a casted Hal no. Jordan. No. Oh, you don't. Well, I Brad mean, Pitt. That's what I want. That's my go-to all the time. No. Yeah. Okay, I I do have one. Actually. Okay, let's hear it. I mean, this this breaks the rules technically, right? Well, I guess it's another movie, so it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, I'm so not this would be like a recasting teaser. Recasting this is what we do movie. on the aftercast. So if you want to hear us completely break the rules and recast people, and this is what we do. Okay, I'd go two routes on this. Okay. If you want a more serious take yes. on the character. And people may think I'm crazy for this because mm-hmm. I've seen this idea thrown out and a lot of people hate it. Okay. I actually would go with Tom Cruise. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, think, I don't see why that's bad. I think he would be awesome. You already have sort of this like, this, uh, <laughs> I'm forgetting the word. Pilot. 
Hotshot meta, pilot? Meta, oh, meta. Yeah. You meta. already have this meta thing existing where you don't really have to tell his origin because we already think of Tom Cruise as a fighter pilot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> That's a really good point. But All you gotta do is play fly into the danger zone exactly. in the background. You're like, yeah, okay, just yeah. subtly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so if you want a more serious take, I'd go with that. I like that he's older. He'd be more mm-hmm. of a mentor character and stuff like that. If you want to go with a less serious take and a little bit more humor and lightheartedness, mm-hmm. I think Nathan Fillion. Oh, wow. Yeah, there you oh, go. okay. Yeah, I like it. And both of them are guys that have been put out there as people that we want to see as Green Lantern. In fact, if you go on YouTube, there actually is a poorly done, for sure, but yeah. there's a re-edited Green Lantern trailer with nathan fillion inserted into the role oh, instead no of ryan reynolds that's funny yeah well he voices him a lot in cartoons yeah as well. and he does great yeah. he's so good yeah so yeah that's what i would say all right i, dig I, it. I would lean more towards tom cruise to be honest yeah i'm not so. against it i'm not against it okay so it's time to pick our favorites Let's each go through and just a real quick one or two sentence summary of what our three ideas are, which is seems harder this time around than it ever has before. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of changes yeah, for so sure. Scott, we'll throw that challenge at you first. Give us quick summaries of your three ideas. Of my three. So my, my first idea, obviously, um, just cut out one of the two origins. That seems really simple. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or just consolidate you know, cut out some of the origin altogether. I feel like we don't need too much of the childhood stuff. Learn from context clues and, and dialogue and everything like that. Audiences are smart. We don't need it spelled out twice. Yep. Um, my second is to also broaden the world by introducing a uh, Superman or other alien characters. I think Superman would be the most obvious because people know who he is. Mm. That way people are more willing to accept the idea that green lanterns and entire alien races are out there. Uh, obviously not just to the audience because the audience doesn't care as much, but the characters need to make it need to react more, not realistically, but you know, verisimilitudinous to the idea of aliens. Hmm. Um, and then my third idea is cut Hector out altogether and, um, use, uh, parallax as a, uh, a hidden, villain where he plants the idea of fear he's not actually escaped he just he's so powerful that even imprisoned he can tear the green lantern core apart from within Hmm. cool nice jay summarize yours yeah so the first one is to make the character motivations uh their needs and wants clearer up front that goes for the good guys and the bad guys the second idea is to just say this is a horror movie and lean into be it being a horror movie. And the third one is to cut most of the, the elements of the movie down. I think you should just leave this movie being mostly about uh, Hal and Sinestro somehow. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that's weird because if if he's an alien, then how, how does that work and stuff like that? I get that. But it's got to... If you don't use Sinestro, then use somebody else, but it's got to be cut down to this is about a couple characters, maybe three, dealing with this situation. Cool. Okay, and then mine are first, uh, use Kyle Rayner instead of Hal Jordan. Mm-hmm. Second, remove Hector Hammond and Parallax altogether and replace them with this whole idea of Nero 
having the yellow ring to begin with, but Sinestro kills him and takes it and becomes the ultimate villain. And then um, my third one is to end the film with an even bigger cliffhanger where they decide they have to go find Hal Jordan. Nice. So, Scott, why don't you go ahead, pick your favorite from amongst our collective six. Yeah. My favorite one? Yeah. Hmm. That's rough. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This movie needed so many changes. But... You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with um, I I like the idea of the first villain that uh, that the Green Lantern would face in, in like a new movie is not someone huge and powerful like Parallax. So I like starting off with someone like Nero who can who is human and but can also show the 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 power of the you know what they're up against the yellow lanterns and 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 that other side of the spectrum but is easily matched up i think with uh with a newbie green lantern you know i think that makes more sense to me than immediately starting with you know parallax the entity of fear so i'm gonna have to say (laughs) that's probably my favorite change just a complete change in villains yeah cool I think that one would actually because these are all fantastic changes. I think that would be my number two change. Okay, but my number one change is I really like the idea that, as Scott pointed out, it's not necessarily Parallax in Parallax's full glory. It's Parallax doing the mind control. Yeah, I think that that's a really cool idea, and I think it would solve a lot of the issues I have with there being so many different characters that we're trying to deal with because. By definition, Parallax becomes a uh, a character who we don't care about his needs and wants. Yeah. It's about Sinestro and it's about Hal and it's about their needs and wants mm-hmm. as they deal with the possessing body that is this evil entity that we don't need to know what it needs and wants. So I like that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Mm. I'm having a hard time. I kind of want to do a hybrid. Uh-oh. Ooh. Break the rules. Can do I? Do it. Go for yeah, it. Yeah, go for it. Why not? Okay. I mean, you always have, you always have eleven <laughs> things in our top ten because your number ten is always a tie. So I know it's true. I can break this rule. Yep. I want a hybrid between um, Parallax is the behind-the-scenes villain still in prison. That whole idea, yeah. and horror movie. Oh, I think those yeah. two work together beautifully. Those do work together. Yeah. So oh, you get to see absolutely. him working on people and possessing them. Yeah, yeah. it's creepy. Yeah. Yeah, and like all the lanterns are like slowly losing their minds as they like yeah fight amongst themselves. Ah, I love it. That would be cool. Yeah. That'd be really cool. Okay, side question. Mm-hmm. Unprepared, total tangent. Yeah. Better villain, Parallax from this film, uh-huh. or Galactus from the first Fantastic Four film? <laughs> the first Fantastic Four film? Oh man, I don't even remember that. You know what I'm talking well, about, Scott? From the you mean. From the first one with Chris Evans and Jessica Alba. Uh, yeah. Wasn't he in the second one, though? Yes. Second one. Sorry. My yes. bad. I meant second one. Okay. I, I was, like, looking, thinking back to, like, the 90s one. And I was like, did they make a 90s Galactus? That's how much of a blur it is to me. <laughs> <laughs> second one. Galactus versus Parallax. Yeah. Better villain. What do you think? I'm going to have to give it to Parallax simply because they gave that character more of a backstory. I actually, as much as I, I really do not like 
the 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 design element of him having like the big old head, but I I will give them credit that it was an interesting, I guess not twist, but reveal that he was one of the guardians that kind of went corrupt. That's and true. I think I like I like that they exp- they kind of yeah gave him a broader, more defined backstory. Whereas I feel like Galactus was just kind of like, uh, here comes a uh, space cloud <laughs> destroyer. <laughs> yeah. What do you think? Did you even see the second Fantastic Four film? I cannot remember it for the life of me. <laughs> didn't it have the Silver Surfer? That doesn't in it? mean you didn't see it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It it had, yes. Yeah. 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 Then I saw it, but I, I do not remember the villain in that at all. <laughs> I would actually go with Galactus because I think not so much because that particular character was good, but I think the inclusion of the Surfer made him more interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Who played Galactus? Nobody really. Nobody. It it wasn't no. a voiced character oh thank you it no. was really just a big evil cloud <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i don't know so either you it's go with big choice. evil cloud or big evil cloud that acts like an octopus and has a giant head in it <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. so which More one do you prefer? i will s- hmm. i so i will say that there, i didn't notice this the many years ago when i first saw it but like during the scenes where parallax is on earth and he's like t- attacking people like, the idea that he is, like, made up of other people's skeletons is, like, kind of cool. <laughs> and, like, it's very weird and creepy, and I kind of like it. So yeah, it is kind of. It could have been done well in, in, in many, many ways. Yeah, it certainly didn't work in this film. But, like, as a standalone idea, especially if you incorporate the horror angle, if if they were to embrace that, you know, like, an evil entity that's literally made up of the skeletons that, that it kills yeah that that's really cool yeah totally so if you want to hear us talk about a bunch more ways to make (laughs) this movie better then check out our Mm -hmm. aftercast scott is going to join us for the aftercast a lot of times the aftercast is just daryl and i but scott will be joining us for the aftercast this time so that's always super cool Mm -hmm. you can always check that out on patreon the link will be in the show notes yeah and real quick before we go away scott remind everybody where they can find you yeah, you can find me over on YouTube. You can just search for NerdSync, N-E-R-D-S-Y-N-C. Um, I just released a new video that's like 24 minutes of me talking about the uh, the X-Men animated series theme song. We sat down with the original composer who wrote it nice. and uh, interviewed him. And I talked w- way too long about a 60-second cartoon <laughs> intro. But it was a ton of fun if you want to go check it out or any other sort of cool nerdy comic book superhero learning stuff i know how to pitch my channel i'm great at it (laughs) (laughs) well thanks for joining us on this episode today sir we appreciate it yeah thanks so much for having me definitely well that is it for today's show special thanks to scott nicewander for joining us today go and check out everything that he's doing over at nerd sync search for nerd sync on youtube check all of that stuff out Coming up next week on the Story Geeks podcast, we have a Dig Deeper episode on Ready Player One with another returning guest, Helen O'Hara from the Empire podcast, and we are super excited about that. So don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out. Daryl has been killing it on getting us amazing guests. I'm so (laughs) stoked to talk to all the guests we've had. It's really, really fun. And be sure to connect with us as well in the Story Geeks Facebook group. We want to know your thoughts on today's show. How would you make Green Lantern better? Or you can give us some future ideas for future episodes of things that we should make better or dig deeper into, whatever you guys want. And be sure and always catch our aftercast. After every podcast, we do a whole other podcast talking 
more about whatever subject it was in the main <laughs> show. Right. So we'd love for you to join us there as well. And if you guys enjoy what we do, please tell somebody about it. Share it with a geek friend. Convert a non-geek friend. Just tell somebody. Help us spread the word. Help us get more people involved in this community that we're building. Thanks for listening. And as always, question everything in your favorite geek stories. And always seek the truth. <laughs>